Well, hello all, Mike Falkenstein here with 1A Catalyst. Together with my friend Steve Shermer of Silk Road Catalyst, I'm one of the co-hosts of Missions Talk. Missions Talk is a show where we have regular media content on best practices and inside looks into what God is doing around the world in missions, featuring guests that are involved in global missions from parachurch organizations, churches, and other missions networks around the world. We have a deep heart to help you find ways to reach your world for Christ. And on today's episode, Steve and I talk to our good buddy Brian Gandy with the Global Training Network on rural theological training around the world and how we in the West can all be involved. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of Missions Talk. I'm Mike Falkenstein here with 1A Catalyst, and I'm here again with my co-host Steve Shermer. And Steve, we have a fantastic guest, one of, um, actually one of my new favorite people that I've met over the last couple of years, uh, Brian Gandy. And um, Brian, I'm so glad that you're uh, you're here with us. I know you're coming to us from Phoenix. Is that right? From sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, that's great. Uh, thanks for being with us. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about? I know you serve with the ministry called uh, Global Training Network. Tell us a little bit about uh, about you. Give us a little introduction to you, okay. your your and your ministry. All right. Um, I am, I'm proof that God has a sense of humor. Um, I drove a truck cross-country for 25 years. God called me into ministry. I started volunteering at a local church after I sold my truck, sold my trailer. Uh, and then they put me on staff as a pastor. And then uh, God said, I want you to go to South Asia. So I went to South Asia to figure out why God was messing with me. And over hmm. the next couple of years, uh, he called me to go do this full time, which was train village pastors. So for the last six years, I've been with Global Training Network, uh, training village pastors in uh, uh, predominantly South Asia, but also in Thailand and just opening up, starting to go to Africa as well now. Mm. That's great. So the type of training you're doing, you're actually training pastors mostly? Yes. And I, my particular uh, niche is is working with village pastors who have very little training. So these are pastors who will, uh, they'll get saved out in a village and then in three or four months feel that God is calling them to go start a church in another village. And so they'll go and they'll start another church. And this happens just over and over and over again. And so you end up with a lot of uh, these little churches and villages where these pastors have little to no training. And so I go and I gather as many as I can together at one time. And I give them uh, just real basic training on biblical interpretation, theology, uh, discipleship, uh, building the inner man. Um, things that they they are lacking, I try to help fill that gap to where they can do their job better as a as a pastor. Wow, that's great. You know, um, Brian, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, you know I've been with Steve only once to India, and I remember driving to uh, the little town where the 
Taj Mahal is from New to, from New Delhi, and just you see these on the road. You just see these little villages throughout the uh, you know kind of dotting the landscape, and um, yeah, there are just thousands upon thousands of those types of little villages, and so. Uh, Steve, I'm wondering, do you want to just sort of introduce the topic uh, for today and uh, what we're going to be talking about with Brian? Sure. And uh, Brian, thank you for joining us today. So, I mean, I think Brian's already uh, alluded to it. So, you know, there are, I I wouldn't even know the exact numbers. I just know there are far more uh, Christian leaders out there in those villages than than we have them in the city. And they're largely as we would call them untrained, which basically means uh, they don't have the formal theological training in a seminary, Bible school, something like that. They don't have the piece of paper on the wall uh, that uh, some people claim is their qualification. Uh, but they're out there really in the heat of the work in mm-hmm. places that most people don't want to go to, uh, doing their level best to uh, reach the people, disciple believers, plant churches, mature churches, multiply. You know, they're 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 really out there doing all of this. And and I know some people like this. You know, um, Brian, you've spent time with one of them, particularly um, um, in India. Uh, that I know he he lives and serves in a slum. Uh, he doesn't have the resources for any of this, and um, you know, he's he's just doing his best. And so we really just, you know, Mike and I felt this was a great topic, especially after the tweet or is either a tweet or a Facebook post. I can't recall. But, yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, mention that in a minute. It's, it was something something. Yeah. I think it was that that triggered us wanting to connect with you because we know what you do. So we're really excited that you're here with us to just talk about this subject, talk about what you do, how you approach it and how it's benefiting the pastors in um, in these rural places. That's right. And so, Brian, my my very limited experience in this idea of training rural pastors <clears throat> comes from, you know, the years that we spent uh, serving the growth of the church in rural China. So I know in China they have these very sort of small sort of what you may just call like a Bible training center. And um, we sent the, uh, theological training teams out to those areas. And what was most surprising to us was uh, we we had thought that we were sending these pastors from the United States to China to train the the students, and the response we got was, oh yeah, they need the training, but uh, the teachers also would like to have this training. In other words, those teaching the students in these small Bible training centers didn't have the training themselves. And so um, a couple weeks ago, I had um, just sort of scanning through Twitter, and I saw this um, post, and I'll just read it. It says, in all seriousness, if you have a PhD in Bible or theology, consider going into missions. There are literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of pastors overseas desiring the training we take granted every day in the United States. There's an amazing hunger for God's Word in the global church and in the U.S., and in the U.S., we have an overabundance that we take for granted every day. Um, is that something that you've um, that you've experienced as well as you go overseas? Yes, I, I, I see that all the time. Uh, there are some uh, uh, guys who are going and working with seminaries in, in other countries. So 
some PhDs and uh, guys with master's degrees that are going, and they're working with the high-level academic uh, academicians um, in in these other countries. Um, but the problem is that trickle down is not uh, is 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 not really pervasive. So I look at it as kind of a pyramid. You have your your PhDs, your 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 doctors, and and such uh, teaching this next level. Um, and if if guys are going from villages to a seminary, first of all, they can't afford it. Uh, they don't have the resources to to go and pay for seminary. Uh, also, a lot of them don't have the educational foundation to go to a seminary. Uh, plus, um, there's no one to take care of their church when they're gone. You know, so they can't just leave their church for four or five years to to go get this uh, this training. So uh, we need people that will be farther down on the pyramid. So you know, you got your your doctors and you got your master's degrees. And they're training pastors. And then we need people that will go out and just train others uh, who, who can't uh, go to a seminary. Even if a, a village pastor is able to go to a seminary, the amount of debt he, he uh, occurs, uh, incurs uh, ends up demanding that he spend his time in a, in a big, large city where he can make more money and pay off his debt. Uh, and so still they're not filling the need in the in the rural villages. And so uh, we need people and we need people just to go, uh, be willing to go. And and you don't have to have a doctor's degree to train a village pastor. Uh, most people in the United States who have been sitting under a good expositional Bible teacher at a church for five to 10 years has way more training than these village pastors have. Oh. And so it's, we just need people who can say, Hey, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I just need somebody to give me a wheel and then I can go and give that wheel to someone else. Wow. That's really something. And, uh, uh, Steve, I know that uh, with your some of your disciple making movement stuff in India, you're you're seeing the same thing, aren't you? Yeah, you know, I find it very interesting. He he made a good point, uh, Brian did, and I was writing my notes. It's not just about the lack of money and resources that prevents them from going. It's the it's the lack of any kind of formal education. Um, let's say like a middle or high school type level that maybe they don't even have the 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 experience of learning in a formal environment i don't know if i misunderstood him but that's that's what i took away from it that it's you know there's it's like a double-edged sword you, you one level you've got lack of resources the other level you've just got lack of formal education period of any kind so sticking them in a, a um, higher education um, institution of some kind is oh. could just throw them off i mean um so, you know, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because I hadn't thought about that, that component just yet. But yeah, that, and, and, and that's right. Um, some of the people who come to the trainings we do, um, it, it kind of threw me off at first when they would come and they would just sit there. And I, I asked my interpreter, I said, 
how come they're not taking notes? Are they not interested? Are they, you know, they kind of check out? And he says, no, they're, uh, they're illiterate. Um, so oh. they're, they're an, uh, oral only. So they don't, they don't know how to write. They don't know how to read. And so what they're doing is they're sitting in and absorbing and learning so then they can go and deliver that to uh, their people. Wow. Yeah, that puts it at a whole nother level, doesn't it? If they can't read or write. <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, I'm interested uh, in your experience then for people that are pastors that are illiterate. Um, uh with what you do with the, your ministry, uh, are there particular tools you use for people like that to be able to help them retain and learn as much as um, they can? I haven't done a lot of work with that. I just have some that are sprinkled in with the others. Uh, so what I found with the, what they're doing is uh, they get to know the Word of God by hearing it from others. So then now they're picking up um, how to interpret the Word of God. Uh, so they they know the verses. Now they're starting to put the verses together and know how it all fits together. And then they're learning um, ways to deliver that to other people. Um, so I, I haven't really done a lot of work in specifically for oral only. Um, okay. But I'm finding that they just adapt to the, the situation that they're in because their passion to deliver God's word more clearly to other people who are oral only, uh, their, their passion is great and they figure out a way to make it all work. You know, I'm thinking, um, Brian, what might be helpful is for us to really break this down. So if you've got a, um, uh, so these rural pastors, right, they've probably, many times just recently come to know Christ themselves, or if they've come to know Christ, you know, some years ago, uh, they've not received a lot of training. So whatever training they've re re uh, received has probably just been whatever they've been able to read and understand in the Bible, right? But then there now, they have a congregation. <laughs> and I know uh, with my experience in China, many times it was just there's no one else around to lead the, this new people, and there's a massive growth of the church. And so sometimes these people, uh, you know, uh, now they're feeling called, but it's like, well, I guess I've never done this before, right? And so uh, probably all levels of theological training are are needed, right? I mean, we're talking about simple survey through the Old Testament, survey basic stuff through the New Testament, I mean, we're not talking about really high-level stuff, are we? I mean, we right. We're talking I, uh, about people coming and just, hey, give them something they can use to, you know, use in their ministry. Yeah, exactly. They um, they don't spend a lot of time in the Old Testament uh, because they they are focused more on the New Testament. Uh, so walking them through and showing them how the Old Testament fits in with the New Testament, how the New Testament relies upon the Old Testament, mm. uh, how the stories in the Old Testament uh, are pictures of Christ many times. And so it really opens their eyes to some of these things that we take for granted because, you know, we've been in church and, you know, we 
we can see it all fit together. We've grown up with this. This is new to them. Uh, they're coming out of a totally different culture. And so you'll, you'll get a guy who's, who's really good at church planting. And so he'll just keep training guys in church planting and they'll just keep developing these churches. Um, but it ends up being a, a, a river that's, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I go and I help them to dredge that out and make it a mile wide and and five feet deep. Isn't that something? And it is true that uh, you know you do not want the uh, rural church to be an inch deep, right? right. Uh, we we want to be adding depth to that. And so, um, Brian, I go back to your your comment, and we I think you'd said this to us in an email that if you sat under bi- solid Bible teaching over the last the past five years, you have more Bible training than eighty percent of the pastors in the majority world, and so. Um, I'm wondering if there are people that are watching um, today who maybe are, 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 are touched by this. Uh, what actual opportunities are, for, are there for people who have sat under bi- uh, solid Bible teaching for five years and go, that could be me. I could go help. I mean, I would think some people and in, in just your, congr- your, your congregation members would think, well, certainly there's nothing I could do. Right. And so give people kind of an idea of what exactly they could do and how they could, what that would actually look like. Um, when we normally think of uh, mission trips in, in the West, we think of, okay, I'm going to go build a building or I'm going to go do uh, a, a vacation Bible school or something. Think about going and, and contacting uh, a missionary you may know and say, hey, I want to help you help your people with something that goes deeper than, than doing the physical work, uh, although that's important. I'm not minimizing that at all. Mm. Uh, but there's another level where, hey, I want to help you train people. And so uh, get together with somebody. Sometimes just say, hey, I want to I just go see what God's doing and how I can jump into it uh, at another date. Um, and so uh, going along, seeing what's happening, uh, that was my mistake. I told God I'd go anywhere he told me to go. And when I when I went, I, I found that the Lord was telling me, hey, I want you to go do this for the rest of your life. And so, uh, you know, if you're if you're getting up towards retirement age and people are retiring early, uh, ask God, you know, what do you want me to do with the last third of my life? Uh, would you rather uh, I, I spend time on the golf course or is there an eternal purpose I can have? Um, mm. Nothing bad about golf. Love golf. I don't golf, but I love to watch people. <laughs> um, but, you know, can I have an eternal purpose? Um, how many fish can I catch and throw back into a river? Um, maybe I can use some of that time to just take one trip a year, two trips a year, mm. three trips a year, and just go and 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 work with people who, who desperately need the word of God and the training that you've accumulated throughout your lifetime. Uh, the training that they would actually be given or, or that would, they, they would be giving, um, what do you find is best? Is it, uh, find actual workbooks of content that you're then teaching to others or, uh, what does the actual training look like? Is it, uh, yeah. stuff that global training network has that you can just come and teach or, 
what does that actual training generally look like? There's there's a lot of material out there. Again, I I you know, I'm, I'm not one of the uh, smart uh, PhD kind of guys. Uh, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I can take what they've done and then deliver it. Sometimes I have to, uh, what they say, put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Take what they've done, simplify it down to where they can be. It can be understood by people who don't have a high level of education. Put those cookies down low and just deliver what's the work that somebody else has done. So uh, there's a lot of material out there. Uh, and, you know, I could help somebody find material um, that you can use. It's That's great. There's no shortage of material. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're sort of awash in good material here in mm -hmm. the West, aren't we? I mean, there's yeah. uh, there's tons of stuff. So, Steve, I'm trying to remember, uh, do you guys have these kind of trips available as well with Silk Road Catalyst? Come and do some training. Uh, we haven't up, up to now. It's something I've been thinking about over the last uh, year or so, actually, especially since I met Brian. Mm. And then as he was talking with one of our other guys and he was talking about um, theological training for specifically for rural pastors who can't afford to go to the seminaries formally, you know, it got it got me thinking. So it is something I'm looking into. It's something I definitely want to start um, mm. providing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think when people think theological training and I and Brian has, I think, communicated this well already, but I'm just going to emphasize it again. Please. You don't have to be a Ph.D. Uh, or even a master's degree theologian to be able to do some of this stuff. I mean, um, if you're um, if you've got experience teaching Sunday school for, you know, for several years, you know, as was already alluded earlier that I, I think. Brian said, and that Mike quoted was just if you know if you've been a, under a good teacher for five years, you've got more training than most of these rural pastors. So, you know, uh, I know people who haven't been to seminary. I know people who are uh, doing well teaching. Uh, they're not necessarily creating the content as as Brian said, but uh, they are they're out there using what's there. They've learned it themselves. They're able to pass it on. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't that difficult uh, to be able to teach. That's going to benefit them. I mean, it's it is critical. I mean, I see some of these guys, and um, I've come across some where their theology. You're you're walking away, scratching your head, go, "How did they come across that?" Um, right. And, and all it takes is, and maybe I, I'm oversimplifying it to some degree. But it just takes someone with some knowledge to walk in and pass on what they know. And it's going to make a world of difference in their lives. Um, you know, I, I've seen it in China. I'm, in the past couple of years, I've seen it in India. Uh, I saw how when Brian came in and taught some of our guys and just sat with him over a coffee at a coffee shop. I mean, um, that mm -hmm. was one of the meetings. It was a couple of hours at a coffee shop answering questions, theological questions that they were struggling with, that some of them were struggling with, that he was able to give clarity to, uh, makes a huge difference. So yeah. That's I, great. And so I don't want people to think that you have to have all this training to be able to do what Brian's talking about. He's already said you don't. I'm just reemphasizing it. Uh, if you're uncomfortable and, and still, 
like you are sympathetic or empathetic or whatever you want to call it and, and you want to see it happen, then join with someone like Brian who's doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Get your feet wet that way first before you actually dive in and do it yourself. I mean, that's that's mm. just a process of how to do it for some people. So yeah, I would encourage it um, tremendously. I don't know how many that's pastors there are like that out there. But there's probably tens of thousands of them that that need help, that just need people to walk with them. Mm-hmm. Um, a little nugget here, a little nugget there will go a long ways. Mm-hmm. There's well, another, there's oh, another yeah. element to that. Uh, mm, and and that's, that's the ministry of presence. Uh, just knowing that somebody on the other side of the world cares enough to come and spend some time with you, maybe just what they need just to go a little bit farther, just to keep going. Uh, because the, in reality, these villages, it's not an easy life. Um, you know, we, we couldn't go live like they do there. Uh, but they will go and they will live there because that's what they've grown up with. That's what they know. Uh, but the pressure from the outside community to, to change, to uh, go back to their traditional way of life, is tremendous. And they just need somebody that says, I love you. I'm praying for you. And you, here, here's, a, here, here's a little bit of bread uh, that you can feast on. So then you can disperse that to others. That's awesome. Well, I'm Brian, add, that, um, I'm going to add to that real quick. Oh, yeah, quick. please. Yeah, uh, please. A little bit off topic, but since he brought it up, I'm going to uh, emphasize something. So, yeah, you please. know, there's a lot of people in the U.S. who will say, why do, we, why do we spend money to go on mission trips? Why do we support Americans to go on mission trips? Uh, two places like that. And it's because of what Brian just said. I have every national in these countries that I have personally asked about foreigners visiting them and spending time with them. I've asked them specifically, do you think it's a waste of money and time? And every single one, 100% has said, no, it's not, because it encourages us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate when people sacrifice to come. So this idea that we just give money to them and support them because it's cheaper than supporting a Westerner uh, is ludicrous, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because the people on the field need encouragement. And sometimes the only encouragement they get are from people who are visiting. I mean, I experienced it living in Asia when people came to visit us. Huge encouragement. I know it, I know it took time. It took a lot of money. But it was even if they did no ministry alongside of us, just their presence was ministry enough to my family. Mm. And every national I know deal. has expressed the very same sentiment that Brian mentioned. Wow. That's, that's good. Thanks, Steve. So, Brian, um, before we get to our final, I think we'd asked you to give sort of these top three encouragements for pastors and leaders to get involved. Um, I'm curious. I want to follow it up just super quickly and ask uh, if you could speak to this idea. Now, we're talking about it already. It's an encouragement when, when people come. But to have a rural pastor go from untrained to being trained, and then maybe over time they've received some pretty good training. Uh, what is the actual um, output from that? You know, what's the real return on investment? What does it do for them and their churches? And tell tell folks really, like, what is the real impact that you see? I uh, uh, I've, I've not been able to travel because of uh, the global pandemic. Everything is shut down, 
uh, I'm working in three different locations in South Asia with roughly about 90 pastors. Um, I asked the other day, I said, what, what's God been doing with your ministries while the world's been shut down? Uh, in these three different locations, um, they have had, in, in 2020 alone, they have had 2,300 new believers, and they've planted 70 house churches. Wow. So uh, I've been encouraging them while I was training them, go small. You don't need a, an American-style church. You don't, you don't even need a building. You can do this in a house, but go small. Well, then the pandemic forced them to go small. They could not meet in their churches, so they were meeting in the houses, and they've, they've seen an explosion uh, of, of growth. Uh, so I'm excited to get back and get, you know, back and, and work with them, work, working with them more because to me, that's, uh, th that's the reason why I do what I do. 2,300 new believers, 70 new churches. These are lives being transformed by the indigenous pastors. And uh, if I can encourage them and they can go out and, and work like that, uh, that's, that's money well spent. That's right. And, you know, Brian, sometimes it's easy for us to pass through and those, those numbers, but boy, I think 70 new, uh, you know, church plants, that means there are 70 new people <laughs> leading those people, uh, yes. which only means that, you know, each one of those 70 yet to be trained. Right. right. I mean, you know, whatever they're doing and leading their churches, it's probably just because just from what they've learned from the Bible and maybe a little bit of cross training of some kind, mm -hmm. but you know, yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of new folks that, you know, need yeah. this kind of training. So, um, that's great. So Brian, we'd ask you to, to kind of give some top encouragements that you would have for pastors and church leaders that are watching you, even just, you know, Western congregation members on kind of best ways to get involved in this type of theological training. I think you've mentioned one, right? Which is, Go find a missionary you know and ask how they could help. But what other kind of top encouragements which could you give? Uh, first one would be pray and spend time with the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? Now, if you're if you're young, you know, the, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he didn't say start doing that when you get old. Mm. He is saying, Seek first the kingdom of God, and I will add everything else that you need. Don't worry about it. So pray, what, God, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? How do you want my life to matter for the kingdom? Whether it be I'm towards the end of my, my career, uh, I'm at the beginning of my career. Uh, you know, if, uh, if, if you're an older pastor, um, how about training someone up to take over your church, and you go spend the rest of your life building up others to do what you've done. You, you have a, uh, a life of ministry that, that people need to see. Um, so my first thing would just pray, spend time with the Lord. Lord, what is it you're wanting me to do? And then be willing to go do whatever he tells you to do. Mm -hmm. um, I did that. And God has taken me to places I never thought I would ever go. Uh, he's used me uh, around the world. Uh, in, in, in ways that I never thought he could or he would. Um, but all I said was, God, I'm available to go, but you got to come through big. And he has. 
And uh, so pray about going. Uh, start a dialogue. Just start a dialogue with somebody who has a heart for missions. Uh, write to Mike. Write to Steve. Uh, write to me. I'll, I'll give my email address. Um, and say, hey, I would like to just start a conversation what this would look like to go farther. And, uh, and in the process, uh, God may call you to go do some things. The other thing would be, if you're a pastor, focus on training people up to take the gospel throughout the world. Um, be a church that has missions in its DNA. Be a church mm. that says our goal is to send out 10 people from our congregation to be involved in missions throughout the world. Uh, our goal is to send out 100 people. You know, let God be the one who decides what that number is. But make that a focus. Uh, don't be inward focused. Be outward focused. Uh, I believe that the, the entire book of Matthew is an introduction for the last two or three verses. Therefore, go and take the gospel to the nations, making disciples. Hmm. Everything that you read in the book of Matthew is just a build up to go and make that part of your DNA as a pastor. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah, that is good. Um, and I love what you said about just, you know, you know, start a dialogue with God, number one, right, and see what he wants you to do. And then two, just, you know, yeah, be a church for those pastors, be a church that, you know, that uh, has a heart to to go and send. And so, Steve, as we wrap up this episode, any final thoughts from you? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to add anything. I think Brian has expressed it well, you know, what the mm. needs are, uh, what people can do. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I just changed my mind. I guess I will add something, you know, and, and Brian's saying um, for pastors to to get up and go and, and do something and, and take your experience and invest in other people globally. Um, I know here in a Western context, one of the first thing that comes to mind is prayer. Not prayer, money. You know, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough of this. We don't have enough of that. I would just encourage you, don't let resources be what di dictates your answer. You know, mm. if, if that was what we needed to do, I wouldn't be doing this. Mike and Brian would not be doing this. That's right. Uh, because we weren't sitting on a million dollars when we first said yes. So say yes. And as Brian indicated, God's going to come through. And if he wants you over there, he's going to provide what you need. Mm. Um, whether you're from the U.S. or if you're a Chinese believer going abroad or or it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, God, God will make a way. Um, so uh, I would just encourage you to just take Brian's example, uh, put your yes on the table and just let the Lord guide you and let him provide for you as you do it. Amen. That's great. It's a great word, Steve. So, Brian, if there were folks that will do want to get in touch with you and learn more, uh, give folks kind of the best ways to be able to do that. I'll give you my, my the easiest email address for me. Okay. Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Gandhi, G-A-N-D-Y, at iCloud.com. Mm. Easiest way to get, to get a hold of me. 
That's great. Well, I would sure encourage all watching to get in touch with Brian. And again, Steve and I have just so enjoyed getting to know him. And uh, Brian, I'm so thankful that you've been with us today. And uh, yeah, again, we could, you know, we'd love to have you back on Missions Talk and, you know, talk more about this because I know there are other, you know, there are other subtopics that we could talk about. And so um, thank you all for joining us today. As you can see, there's a tremendous need for theological training, and God can and and wants to use you in some way. And so uh, let that be an encouragement today. Begin that prayer uh, discussion with him, and um, excited to see what God does through that. Uh, for now, we'll sign off, and uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of Missions. To find out more about Missions Talk or to watch previous episodes, please go to facebook.com forward slash missions talk it is on our facebook page that we have the catalog of all of our episodes to find out more about my organization 18 catalyst please go to 18catalyst.org and to find out about steve's work with silk road catalyst please go to silkroadcatalyst.com thank you so much for joining us and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of missions talk